0: Hey friends, welcome back to the Living Out Loud with Allie and Amanda podcast. My name is Amanda. The Living Out Loud show is where we invite a different guest each week. We give our guests the opportunity to share her story. Our hope is that their story will encourage you in some way. My name is Allie and I want to say thank you to our
1: awesome listeners for letting us into your lives each month. So grab your coffee or
0: favorite beverage and let's get started. Welcome back to the Living Out Loud podcast with Allie and Amanda. Today, our special guest is Shalonda Smith. Shalonda is a wife of 14 years, married to ex professional Miami Dolphins and Denver Broncos football player Sammy Smith. And they have three beautiful children. Shalonda and her family moved to Oxford, Mississippi in 2016 when her husband became the Fellowship of Christian of Athletes, FCA Director of Character and Development of the University of Mississippi football program. Consequently, the move opened the door for Shalonda to be able to move from FCA volunteer to part-time female FCA campus representative at the University of Mississippi serving alongside her husband. Which is the answer to their prayers? In her new role, she mentors disciples young women, athletes, and non-athletes, supports coaches, leads Bible studies, life groups, ministers to football coaches, wives, and assists her husband and peers in FCA in any way that she can. Shalonda also serves at her local church, Pine Lake, as spiritual counselor, women's small group leader, a worship leader. And on the baptism team. So welcome, Shalonda. We're so glad you're here. Thank you for having me. Okay, so you are, were our big winner at the Living Out Loud Women's Conference. Um, And the big winner of our giveaway was a free, like one year of free Chick-fil-A. Absolutely. When we called your name, I was so excited (laughs) because... Well, you're a friend of mine, and so that's, like, so cool. Um, and we had over 300 women yes. in the, you know, that we could pull from, the tickets. And so it was just so fun to pull out your name. And I wanted to win something
2: so bad, that's and I, I got I was the last
0: one. <laughs> I was about to say,
1: every time we came up there to do a giveaway, you were on the front, and you would you'd be looking at it. oh, man, oh. <laughs> I mean, the entire day, and then the very last one with the best, you know, Chick-fil-A for a year, you won. And I was like, she's kidding. There's no way. Right,
2: right. right. Oh, I was so surprised. Yeah. I said, God has a sense of humor. Uh-huh. He saves the best He for was lives.
0: teaching you patience.
2: <laughs> Absolutely.
0: <laughs> so this is the first time we've gotten to talk about the conference since it happened. And it's October. That was August 25th. And we are still in awe of what Jesus did. And God did that day. Um, We are still hearing stories of what um, God did in women's lives. We get texts all the time. And um, it is just incredible to hear the impact and the life change that went on, not Mm -hmm. just in mine and Allie's life, but other women. Mm -hmm. And so we want to hear from you.
2: What did you think about the conference? I loved it. I loved it. It was so encouraging. Um, The theme, freedom and restoration, is something that I felt like was much needed here, right here in Oxford. Mm -hmm. Um, As we'll go into my testimony later, you can be saved and in a process of salvation, but not free. And the testimonies the women brought, all different, but still God restored them and freed them right in their situations. And to hear those was just heartwarming and Mm -hmm. to know no matter where you are, God will meet you where you are. And He will free you, and He will restore you. Yeah.
0: I'm so glad to hear that. It really, I still get tears thinking about it. Just mm-hmm. because, you know, we knew that nothing could interrupt God's plan and what He had planned. And we were so expectant of what He was going to do. But until you're there and seeing it all unfold after, you know, months of planning, months of praying, it was just amazing. It was. Uh you want to say anything about it, Allie? I, don't... I mean, I just remember the first time we w- walked up
1: there to greet everybody, how surreal it was to stand there and just look out and see the faces of so many women coming together for a purpose one purpose to worship the Lord and to see what He had for them and to be so receptive of that. And um, it was something that we had put on, God had put on our hearts for so long. And I didn't think it was going to be. Three years into our ministry, we mm-hmm. thought it was going to be a lot later, and so it just was emotional. Just looking out and seeing those women, and seeing the faces, and then seeing all the women that helped make this event possible—it was mm-hmm. super um, exciting, mm-hmm. so overwhelming. Yeah. Um, and then not, and then to see how what God did throughout the conference, and how it's still people are still being touched from those stories and those speakers, and it's been over a month. Yeah, and I
0: really believe that we are going to continue to hear of just life change, life change of stories of women, Um, and I'm excited about that. So we give God just so much praise for that amazing day of worship and encouragement, and we are already... Planning and looking forward, and God's already given us vision for next year's conference. So Mm -hmm. put it on your calendar Mm -hmm. August 24th. Um, He's already we've already booked a few speakers, we can't reveal those names to you yet. And um, but God is still continuing to give us vision, and uh, we're excited about what He has planned next year. But we want to talk about you, Shalonda. Okay,
1: yes, we do. I can't (laughs) wait.
0: I have heard a lot of your story, um, and I've just Wanted you to come on and share for so long, and just glad it finally worked out for today. God's perfect timing. But we're going to let you share and just start where you want to, and we'll ask questions along the way as we feel led and um, afterwards, but we'll just let you share. Okay.
2: Wonderful. Thank you. I appreciate this opportunity. I know that um, the Word tells us that believers overcome by... The witness of their testimony and by the blood of jesus christ so any opportunity that i have to share my story i am so grateful for it um, i grew up in a single parent home i was raised by my mother and i had two older siblings um, the home was not a christian home we she sent us to church but she didn't go to church um, she suffered from a lot of brokenness herself so um, my mother abused drugs and alcohol and it's a generational thing Um, It's things that people in my family continue on this day, Uh, but with my salvation and then my mom eventually got saved, I know that cycle has been broken off of my family um, and will continue to be broken off of other people as well. Um, Because of the brokenness in the household and the drug abuse and alcohol abuse, there was a verbal, mental, emotional, physical, and even sexual abuse that occurred um, to me by some family members and people outside my family. When we moved to Florida, um, the summer of my sixth grade year, my mom just, she went on a binge and never came home. So I was abandoned and my sister, my brother at that time was in foster care, still in Illinois. So I didn't have anybody. When she left, my sister went her way because she was a teenager and I was left to live with whoever wanted to take me in. And three years ago, on pillow to post and being homeless, I was finally put in foster care. Someone called the authorities and they placed me in foster care. And that was the summer of my ninth grade year in high oh school. So it was it was very hard, um, but it was what I knew. Um, so I just made best with what, what I had. I used sports a lot in high school to um, escape my home life because my... <laughs> foster care mother um, was an alcoholic as well. Mm
0: -hmm. And my
2: foster dad was a drug abuser. So I felt like I went from bad to worse because I can deal with my mom doing it. But strangers that I have to live with, Mm -hmm. I just felt like I got the raw end of this deal. Mm -hmm. Um, So I did cheerleading, basketball, volleyball, Flag core, whatever I could do to stay from being home, I did it. Mm -hmm. And God gave me the grace and the talent to be able to make the team. So I had a family, but my family was really my sports family that I really, you know, gravitated to. Uh, But God had a purpose in all that. After I gave my life to Christ, my foster mom, it was a few years later, she gave her life to Christ. And she actually told me I was the reason why she did it. She came from a lot of brokenness in her family. She suffered from a lot of things that I suffer from. And with her not really knowing my story until I started to share it after I gave my life to Christ, it made her want to surrender her life to God and experience that freedom and restoration that wow. she saw in me. Wow. So God had a purpose in all of that. Mm-hmm. Of course, I didn't understand it when I was growing up. I did not like it. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of people say if I had to go back and do it again, I would. I cannot say that. Mm-hmm. It was very, very traumatic for me, the things that I experienced. But God's grace, he had his hand on me through it all, and he protected me, and he had a purpose during it so and through it. So I'm thankful yeah. for um, him allowing me to go through it because everything we go through is not for us. It's for other people. Mm-hmm. Jesus died yeah. on the cross for us. He didn't have to do anything mm-hmm. um, for him to be back in the presence of God because right. that's where he came from. But he did it so we would have that opportunity to be in the presence of God and to live with them for eternity. So now I look at my life a little different. You know, when I experience hard times, I say, Shalonda, you're going to get through it because you're going to help somebody else. I have to see the joy that's set before me, which is helping someone else get through their difficulty. And if I stop in the midst of it, I can't help anybody else. Right. So.
0: Absolutely. Well, I think about just... All of that and just God's orchestration of even like how sports was such a big deal in your life to what you're doing now yes and I just think there's that's so not by coincidence you know mm-hmm. and tell us what you're doing now again like we shared how you are on
2: staff of the FCA hmm fellowship of Christian athletes is something I wish I would have been a part of in high school um, I try to I let all the athletes know that we come in contact with, share it with other people. Because maybe if I had experienced that when I was in school, I would have made different choices. I would have had another family because we're family. Um, I'm a campus representative. And what I do is I support the female athletes and support those programs that are on campus, as many as I can because I'm um, part-time. But I go to their practices. I'm there for them if they need another ear to listen. Um, I have Bible studies, and I raise up leaders. We raise up disciples. Um, We disciple these young women. We disciple the coaches. Um, Our theme is to and through the coach. Um, The coach heart is towards God, and he's coaching from a compassion of loving the Lord, then it's going to come to and through him. The gospel is going to flow through him as a conduit or her as a conduit. So we're there to support the coaches as well. Mm -hmm. It's just another avenue. It's just bringing the church into the college campuses and into the high schools in a different avenue in a different way. Mm -hmm. And we hold worship services um, during the football season because a lot of these coaches, they work on Sunday, especially football. Mm -hmm. They're grading film. They're getting whatever happened on Saturday. Um, A lot of the players are getting treatment done. So my husband and I, we have a worship service at 11 a.m. And it's open to football players, any athletes on the campus, alumni, even visiting parents come, coaches, their families. It's another avenue for them to be able to worship. And it's 45 minutes and then they go on and do what they need to do. So, it's convenient for them to bring the gospel to the campus for them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's so exciting. God's been doing some awesome things. Wow. <laughs> wow. How amazing.
1: Um, so, tell us a little bit about your family, how you met your
2: husband. Um, That's a very unique story. <laughs> and I love to share it. Um Because of my past, I experienced a lot of brokenness even after I gave my life to Christ because I didn't understand it was things in me that needed to come out. It was mind patterns. It was the low self-esteem, the rejection, the fear, the abandonment, the controlling. So it caused me to go back to what I knew. Um, I was in a relationship before I gave my life to Christ. And when that person went to prison, that's when I gave my life to Christ at 19 years old. And I was like, well, God, you moved him out of the way, so you must want me more. So I'm, I'm here. I'm mm-hmm. yours. But the heart change didn't happen, and I didn't accept God's love because I didn't know how to. Mm-hmm. Um, I know my earthly father, but I have no relationship with him. So I didn't know how to love. Mm-hmm. I didn't come from a family that loved. So I went back to what I knew when he got out of prison, and I wound up getting pregnant um, two years into my walk. And I was so embarrassed. I felt like I just I just dropped the ball on God. The only one who was willing to give me a chance. Mm-hmm. I dropped the ball on him. And it made me feel so ashamed. I was filled with guilt. Now I have a child. How am I gonna raise him? Is he gonna grow up like I did without a father? You know, how is he going to feel towards me when he finds out what I did? So I was depressed and I was really disconnected. Mm-hmm. Um, I stopped going to church. I was very active in my church. I stopped going. Um, I was just in a bad place. And I was in that place for a while, even after my son was born. I was on depressant medication for a while. And I continued to try to make the relationship work with um, my son's biological dad. Even though God was saying no, I was like, I gotta make this work. I gotta settle because nobody else will want me. My self-esteem was very low. Um, And one day, um, he almost killed me. He was very abusive. Um, A situation came up. He came to my apartment and he became very violent with me. Um, He physically assaulted me and choked me to the point where I passed out and I thought I was dead. When I came to, I ran to the bathroom and I just cried and that's where God met me. And I heard the voice of the Lord say, daughter, daughter, like you were mine. Daughter, how long will you go through this? And I was like, God, that's you. You want me? After I shamed you? After I turned away from you? You want me? You're calling me daughter? And I was like, oh my God. He really does love me. And that's all it took. I turned, everything changed. I went back to church. I got in my word. I started seeking after God. I took myself off of the depressant medication. And I just was chasing God and asked God to deliver me from anything that would keep me from loving him and being in a relationship with him. And he was faithful and he did it. So my focus was just on God. So now I'm getting a house built. I'm a single mom, getting a house built, working full-time, and my friends tell me that someone was selling tile. And I was like, well, I want tile in my house, some parts of it, so I'm going to go get some tile. So um, a gentleman named Sammy Smith worked at a tile store, he bought discounted tile, and he sold it to people in the neighborhood who couldn't afford the prices that was being sold at the retail shop. So I went down on a Saturday morning, right before choir rehearsal, to purchase some tile with my friends and his son sammy smith jr was outside grilling steaks and that's how i met my husband did not did not know him did not know his background at that time i didn't know anything i was just focused on getting some and going to choir rehearsal well he (laughs) saw me and he was interested and he he began to seek pursue me he called his friend who knew my friends um and said who's that girl them. Can I get her number? And I'm like, who is this? That's like, God, I told you I'm good with you. I don't need a man. You are enough for me. I don't want a man. And we just, we just started talking. Uh, We talked on the phone for like three months. I refused to go out with him in which he wasn't used to that. (laughs) I just wanted to do things right. And I wanted to Do them differently. Because if you do things the same way, you're going to get the same results. And that is the definition of insanity. So I wanted to do it the right way. So we talked for a while. We went on a couple of dates. I didn't have him pick me up at my house. He picked me up at my friend's house, dropped me off there. No coming to my home. I was trying to do things right. Sure. So we dated for a year and a half and he proposed. And we broke up so many times, (laughs) y'all. And during this time... Um, I prayed when I started getting feelings. I was like, "Okay, God, you got to show me if this is my husband. Show me where this relationship is going, because I don't want to get heads over heels just for you to say this is a brother in Christ, and that's it. You yeah. know, I want to keep it like you want me to have it." So I went on a three-day fast and prayer. Um, I sent my son with his God prayers. I didn't tell Sammy. This is the funniest thing. He thought I was crazy. He was coming he came to the house, knocked on knocked on the door. I would not answer. He knew I was there. My car was there. I wouldn't answer the phone. That's the only reason he came to the house. For three days, y'all, he was coming and knocking. And I was just praying and fasting because I wanted to hear from God. I didn't want any distractions. And it was during that time God told me that he was my husband. He said, Through me, he will know my love because you are a true woman of God. He had other relationships where they said they were Christian but they weren't living like an example of Mm -hmm. a Christian woman. So God was saying he was going to use that relationship to bring his son closer to him. And that's what he's done. A year and a half later we were married. We dated for a year and a half and we were engaged for a year and a half and we were married at three years.
0: Wow, you guys have such a beautiful ministry together, too. I love how God took, you know, like He does with all of us, two broken people who mm-hmm. surrendered to Him, and look what a beautiful thing He can do mm-hmm. from people who are just surrendered. And I, lo- I think about that night that you were on the floor in your bathroom, mm-hmm. and what I, what I keep thinking about is how you knew. His voice. I knew
2: His voice.
0: God says we will know our Father's voice. Mm-hmm. And you knew. You knew that. You already knew Him because you became a Christian a couple of years before. And you had gone through these things. But when you were in your lowest, darkest time, mm-hmm. in the bathroom, you heard your
2: Father's I voice. And mm-hmm. praise God for that. And that's amazing because that wasn't the first experience. My first experience is when I was around five years old, we went to a Pentecostal church, got on a church band, went to a revival, and the pastor told us to, you know, just get on the altar and just tell Jesus you love him. And that was my first experience with the Lord. I prayed I was just like, Jesus, I love you. Yeah. And I said it a few times and then all of a sudden I felt this warmth and I felt these arms wrap around me and it was all supernatural. And I could see myself in my father's lap, in God's lap. Mm -hmm. And I knew then that he was calling me to Mm -hmm. something greater than myself. Mm -hmm. And I was five years old. Mm -hmm. So that never left me. And that's the same voice, the same warmth, the same feeling I felt in the bathroom when he met me at my point.
0: Yeah. And the beauty of him continuing to pursue you. Yes. I just... (laughs) so important for us to know God's pursuit of us, and if we look back, we can see how He has pursued us. Mm -hmm. I want to know, what are some things that are suggestions, recommendations that you would give to any of our listeners who have gone through some of the same things that you've gone through? Maybe just going through abuse, foster care, Um, some suggestions to them now. Would you suggest
2: counseling? Would you suggest... Yes, um, you really never know the magnitude of the effect that that trauma has on an individual. And I had to learn it the hard way. I didn't think anything was wrong with me, um, even though people would say, you're very moody. You're angry all the time. Mm -hmm. That was just who I was, and I accepted that. But when I became a Christian, God called me away from that. He's like, that's not who you are. You are love. You are kind, you are patient, you are gentle, because these are my fruits that i placed in you by the power of the Holy Spirit. All that other stuff has to go. Mm-hmm. And I didn't know what the transformation would look like. So I struggled a lot, especially with the sexual abuse. That was, that was devastating. And if you're in a relationship when you're married, that can be a huge hindrance. Counseling is the key. I had to go to my pastor and tell him what was going on. And he said, I haven't experienced that. It sounds like you need some counseling. Mm -hmm. God is a great counselor. When I admit it, because that's kind of hard to admit. You're angry all the time. You, You feel ashamed. You think the abuse is your fault. Um, you have unforgiveness in your heart you're christian but you have unforgiveness in your heart that's hard to deal with Mm -hmm. because you're a christian you're not supposed to have unforgiveness in your heart um so coming to terms with that um counseling really helps pull it out because i packed it way back in my mind and in my heart and i wouldn't let anyone see it but god always saw it and he would allow me to be in situations where i have to deal with it Mm -hmm. especially Um, the rejection part of it. It comes up all the time, no matter where you are, at work, at home, in other relationships. And if you suffer from that and you don't know it, it causes you to respond in ways that are ungodly. And then it affects your witness. Mm -hmm. So counseling, I would suggest, is a great way to unpack those things before you get into situations like a marriage or even on a job where those things will come up quite often because this life is going to come up.
0: Well, my friend and I, we always talk about, she actually said a few years ago, she was going through a divorce and went through a lot of counseling. And she always says, you know, we all need counseling. We do. Whether you've gone through abuse or not, we all come from a different place. And there are things that the enemy can use in our life and, just Counseling is just good, um, mm-hmm. so we all need it, especially if you've gone through right some sort of abuse. Absolutely, mm-hmm.
1: I have a question. So, backing up, um, to kind of the beginning not the very beginning of the story, I guess you're the middle part. Um, when you talked about when you gave your life to the Lord, so not when you were five, right. but that like second time when you were older mm-hmm. or really gave your life to Him, not just that I, I loved it.
2: Right. How what did that look like? I had been going to church um, mm-hmm. with a friend for a while. Um, while you were you were in like junior high, you said. Mm-hmm, nine I grade? was I was nineteen years old. Okay. When I gave my life to Christ, so okay. I had graduated high school. Okay. Um, I was working on a job and got let go, and I had to pursue another job, and God put me in the path of a Christian woman that worked at a bank that okay. gave me a job, and I was eighteen at that time. Um, I was a teller, and she was a Christian, and um, she would just tell me little things like, because I was very angry, and I was Mm customer-facing, and she was like, Shalonda, you can't look at customers like that. Shalonda, you cannot say things to customers like that, and I didn't know it was wrong. I was just like, this is who I am, and she was like, why don't you come to church with me, so I started going to church with her, and it wasn't my first time going to church. I went off and on, um, like I, I shared before. Um, but I felt a tugging, you know, I, I felt that God was calling me to himself, but I had that relationship that I didn't want to let go of Mm -hmm. because I didn't want to be alone. And I felt like nobody else would want me. I was damaged goods who would want me. Um, so I wouldn't surrender to God. I wouldn't give in. And I would talk to my friend about it. And she was like, Shalonda, you know, that's not the one for you. She was like, God, show me he's not the one. And, of course, I'm not saved. So, I'm like, okay, I'm going to show you something. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you don't know me. Um, right. So, I wasn't listening, even though in my heart I knew she was right. <laughs> yeah. Um, Because I knew he was very abusive. Mm-hmm. I mean, he told me he didn't want me. I mean, why would you be with somebody who don't want you? It's just like, I'm going to make it work. God, save him so we can be together. Right. Yeah. You right. know, that was my right. thinking. Sure. Um, so... Some things happened and he wound up getting arrested. Um, and the day that I found out he got arrested, I was like, God, I know that you will move hindrances out of our lives. And I know I wasn't willing to let him go, but you removed him. So I'm giving myself to you. Mm-hmm. I said, I can't do this anymore. Now the person that I felt like I love was gone. So I was alone. Mm-hmm. I was like, I, I got to have you. If I don't have you, who, who do I have? Yeah. you know I don't have anyone so I gave my life to Christ and I started pursuing him I mean I started reading his word I started um, volunteering in the church and I was suggesting anyone you're a babe in Christ you should sit under the word and be taught and learn before you start serving because the Bible says don't be quick to serve when you're a novice that's in the word mm-hmm. but my pastor's philosophy was if you see a need then do it and I was eager and willing I wanted to Serve, but I was still broken and hurting and Yeah. I, I needed I needed to be restored and repaired and I needed to know how to receive God's love and I was just working. I wasn't receiving. Mm-hmm. And right. that's the reason why I was like a dog going to its vomit because Yeah. It wasn't it wasn't the heart condition wasn't changing. Right. Right.
0: That's so powerful. So as we close, um, what is a verse that you would like to share with our listeners that has just carried you through and that you hang on and
2: cling to still? Um, So many of them. Um, I love, I believe it's Isaiah 61. He'll give beauty for ashes, the oil of joyful mourning. The garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness, because that's what he did for me. And at the beginning of that passage of scripture, it tells about Jesus coming and what Jesus will do, loose the bonds of those mm-hmm. who um, are are bonded down and set the captives free. And that's why he came, mm-hmm. you know, and I know that's what he did for me. Yeah. I know he freed me. He restored me. And every single day. I call it the great exchange. Every time I'm in a situation where I experience hurt, I give it to Jesus, and he gives me back that joy. Yeah, I give him the hurt, and he gives me back that peace. I give it to him. I just exchange it. I learned not to carry it. Yeah, I used to carry it and compact it and push it down. But that stuff comes out, and when it comes out, it's not pretty. Yeah, And I had to learn that the hard way.
0: Well, I looked at her because when you said that, that this beauty for ashes is something that God keeps just showing Allie and I over and over for the last few months. So when you said that, you're like, there's so many. And then you said that, and I looked at her I was like, God keeps bringing us that verse. And I love that because he does give us beauty for ashes. And I just want to say, how much I appreciate you as a friend. Um, I met you a few years ago, and you are such a light. I wish everyone could just see your smile and yes. the beauty in you because it is definitely definitely the Lord. Um, mm-hmm. You know, looking at you and looking at the light that you have, you would not know. You would not be able to just guess what you have gone through mm-hmm. without knowing your story And I love how God does that because Mm -hmm. He does make us completely new. He gives us a new story. Mm -hmm. And the richness in that is hearing the old today Mm -hmm. and seeing the new. And so we just want to thank you for sharing and being here with us today.
2: Thank you. It's my pleasure.